The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the bar and the holy place. Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson, uh, guest Charlie number one, Dave Anthony hello. has joined us again. Well, hello. How are you, Dave? Are you good? good. Are you good? Uh, People have been a bit uh, I'm better. Are you better? I'm better. Okay, so what does that mean? What does it mean? I've started going to therapy. Yeah. How is that? Are you happy to talk about that? Yeah, sure, because I've always been... I went to therapy once when I was in a total crisis, and it was okay, but I don't... I, I'm approaching it differently. Like I didn't. I feel like it just got, it got me through that period, right. and then I was like, "It was a band aid." Yeah, you were it was like a band aid. I don't want to fix anything that's deep inside me. <laughs> just fix this shit right now. So, uh, so it's interesting because I'm realizing that I have a lot of uh, blocks re- related to creativity. Okay. And so we're dealing with that. So, uh, so when you say you have blocks, does that do you physically get to a point where you're where you're doing something where you just physically can't can't do it? Yes. And how does that manifest itself? I stop. I just I can't do. I literally will just sit there staring at a page or whatever, and it just won't happen. And then I'll and then I'll go off and play on the internet or do something else. I'll find something else to do. Uh, yeah. It just it's just a it. I'll start. Let's just take a bit. Like I'll start writing a bit, and then this thing in my head will go, "That's hacky," right? Or that's not good enough, or someone does that better, and then I'll just stop working on that bit. You have got to stop listening to Mark Maron podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a. It's. I guess it's a Jungian thing. There's a right. critic, and there's uh, like a paternal sort of thing and they're always fighting with each other right. and in between is the adult so i'm not i'm 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 always the child being attacked by myself right which is putting it in really basic you know yeah jungian terms right <laughs> basic jungian terms yeah yes. so today's episode the young and the restless yeah <laughs> but it's weird to be of my age and go oh yeah the voice in my head is ruining me that's it interesting is. though isn't it because you think that by the time and you're in your 40s right mm-hmm. so you you think that by the time that you're in your 40s that you I don't know. Like when you were younger, you just assumed that you would have shit sorted out by the time you're in yes. your forties, right? Yeah. And yet, I look at so many of our friends who don't, who don't, and and it, but and also it's, it's worse. catching up with you. Well, it gets worse because then you go, well, fuck, half my life was over. Yeah, and, and I didn't deal with that shit. And look at there's a there's a lot of people that have a path of destruction behind right. them. There's a lot of people that have a path of success behind right. them. I have a path of nothing. Nothing. Behind. Like I've got it's just like a fucking. Empty wake. Right. What happened there? I don't know. Someone was there. You're like one of those people in like in a suspicious Doctor Who episode where they're like, (laughs) he seems to have no past. (laughs) How does he not have fingerprints? He's the comedian who didn't live. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I would say, you know, I, I look back at my career 
and it is a career of potential okay. that wasn't fulfilled. But it wasn't like I disappeared. Like so, I, I I don't. The only guy that I know of is the book he just gave me, the Stuart Lee thing, yep. who seems to have taken the same path I have, right. which is I started with a bunch of people. I wasn't as alternative as him, but I started with a bunch of people who became successful or didn't or or just stopped doing it. But I'm the only guy who didn't become successful, but also but would stop and then would start again and then would stop and then would start again. So because everyone else I know stopped. Yeah. There's no one I know that went, yeah, all right, I'll do it again. Like no one started up after yeah. a while again. Oh, so, no, I so think that's pretty natural. Like, there's that sort of point where most people get to a, a point where they've either you've done it for long enough. I mean, yeah. I, I hate to quote Jay Leno on this uh, podcast. I, I love it. I love it. Well, originally, this podcast was going to be called Jay Leno Quotes. Yeah. It was just going to be nonstop Jay Leno we, Quotes. And we were going we to say a Jay Leno quote and then, yeah. and then just discuss it for the next hour. Hey, how cool are blue shirts and cars? <laughs> and then we just talk about that. <laughs> right. Boy, um, monkeys are weird, huh? They are. But he said uh, of stand-up comedy, which I thought was pretty good, he said, if you do it for seven years, you'll work out whether you should be doing it or not. And I always yes. thought that that's about right. I like, think that's about right. If you, if you, after seven years, people either go, oh, yeah, I can see that this is yeah. going somewhere. Or if it's not going anywhere after seven years, then maybe it's not for you. But on rare occasions, there are people that, for whatever reason, like you're saying... You know that's that's not the rule for. But I've got I'm in this weird place because it's not like I don't do well in front of crowds. I go up and I do well, right. so it's it's an internal thing. It's you should not you an probably external. should stop closing with shh. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> that's, what are you talking about? Uh, you, that's my signature right. bit. Hey, have you guys had a good time tonight? Uh, I can mum's the word. Ask you one thing: do not tell anyone. The one thing I'm really not into is word of mouth. So what you hear here, let it stay here, people. This is a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think you should stop opening with that. Look, the first rule of Dave Anthony Club is if you enjoy tonight, you cannot talk about this. Here's the deal. If you enjoy this evening, tell people to go watch Will Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got WikiLeaks working for me. They're leaking shit out. They're promoting gigs. You're the opposite. You're in the witness relocation program. I am. But, but so okay. But so then, when we say that, if 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 it isn't working, now sometimes this can be, and this is something that some of my other friends are going through at the moment as well. Sure, I think it's a, for you our know, age. It's a right. a lot of people are going through it. You have an assessment of where your life's at. I think yeah, at our age, it's a natural thing. Sometimes you feel really positive about that. I mean. I think part of the reason that a few years ago I decided that um, I wanted to go overseas and sort of have the new challenge of coming over here and doing Mm -hmm. these gigs that I'm doing and seeing if I can make it work here was purely as a result of, like, even though I was lucky enough that, you know, if I look back on my life, there had Mm -hmm. been, you know, a bunch of things that I could rightly be proud of. And to be honest, a bunch of things probably that had happened that were beyond what, when I first started doing this, I could have reasonably expected that sure. I would get to do. Yeah. So when I look back on my career, I often say to people, of all the shit that I hoped I might get to do when I started, mm-hmm. I've done it. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't have new ambitions because on the right. journey, I found all these other things that I actually realized were more important than the things that I started doing it totally. for. And yeah. now they're my drivers. Yeah. One of which is that I want to challenge myself and I want to learn how good right. I can get at this and I want to get better constantly. And the only way you can do that is to throw yourself into foreign environments where, and you know, see how you go. Right? Yes. So Completely. that, 
what I'm doing is the exact same thing as you know, you're doing and other guys, are, but it d- depends on where you feel you're at into how that manifests itself. But it right. seems to be when you're in your late 30s, your early 40s, that's your time where you go, for good or for ill, I'm going to assess my life. And often it means that people, you know, that's that midlife crisis thing where people buy a car or they you know, get a young yeah, girlfriend yeah, get a or Porsche, whatever because yeah. they're like... I'll fuck this up. I've, yeah. I've got to try something else completely, yeah. right? But the weird thing is, is being someone who creates, for me, my midlife crisis isn't buying a Porsche. Right. It's creating some, it's, it's changing the direction of the creation. <laughs> it's making a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you're not going to buy a Porsche or yeah. start a podcast. Right. Uh, I already started a podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, you should go to therapy. <laughs> you're having a midlife crisis. <laughs> That, that's probably what the book about podcasting will be called. <laughs> oh my the comedian's god. midlife crisis. Oh my god! The, it, have the they era started of podcasting? Have they started the the podcast book yet? I would think so. So um, that's manifesting itself with you. Like obviously, it's been happening for a few years. Like I mean, part of yeah, the reason yeah, yeah. That you started the podcast, you know, was started the podcast. Yeah. Let's start something. Well, okay. So so I I remember I was I was sitting at home, and this is when I had my I was taking care of my my son. I was at home with him six days a week, so I couldn't. I was too exhausted to go out and do stand-up. Right. And I started looking at what people were doing online, my, my, the guys of my level. And I saw all these podcasts. And I was like, what the fuck? How is that guy? Yeah. Because there are some people that, right. I'm not going to say names, but I don't think are that funny. Right. Dave and will I- say the names after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play the music and then there'll be a pause and then Dave will say the name. <laughs> so I was like, Jesus Christ, why don't I try and do that? So that that was like a creative outlet because I had no stage to go on. A lot of people don't know that about also about creativity is that often you're inspired by people who are great at what they do. But I think often in creativity, you're inspired to create by people who have created stuff that you think is shit. I mean, and you think I could do better than that. I'm, I'm wild, I should create I'm something. I'm wildly inspired by uh, Louis C.K. and, and, and Dylan uh, Moran and, and guys like that, but I'm also, uh, I would say, more inspired by people who I think I might be better than, who yep. are more successful than me. Right. Yeah. Like, um, the amount of times I've sat there, and the only reason that I think that I could do Conan or I think that I could do, you know, The Tonight Show or I think that mm-hmm. I could do it at some stage in my career, do Letterman, yeah. I'm not saying those things will happen, yeah. but there's part of me that goes, look, you're in the same industry mm-hmm. as a lot of people who have done those, yeah. and you've done gigs with those dudes, yeah. and you do better. Yes. So it's not unreasonable. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, that's the weird but it's not thing, unreasonable. But that's that it the weird thing about my career is I can't tell you how many nights that I've gone up and been the best guy on the show, but my career does not equate right. to that in any way, shape, or form. To be honest, Dave, most of the guys of your generation uh, were hoping you would die. Yes. So that you could be... <laughs> So that you could be the one that they all talked about being the greatest of you I all. I should be. Every generation needs that. I should right? be. You did everything apart from die. Yeah. That's been your mistake. Mm-hmm. In fact, to be honest, this is how the story should go. You should just soon. Here's how I feel it's going to okay, happen. Okay, go ahead. Because um, if, you, if you keep talking, I might run and jump out that window right there. <laughs> I feel like soon this is how it's going to happen. Yeah. Something will go really good for you. Yeah. You'll get your big break. Yeah. Then you'll die. <laughs> And then you will die. So I'll get the right. phone call and I'll be like, that's fantastic. Yeah. And step in a, in front of a truck. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, then people will tell your story forever. And you're on the verge right. of people with the world was going to see Cobain. how he was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good story. I mean, Kurt Cobain had made, you know, three ripping out. Whatever. But- 
I would have been happy if he died after Bleach. That's how much I like that one. So, uh, anyway, there, there's been a lot of... When I am on the... And this has always happened all my life. When I'm on the verge of a creative break, breakthrough, yeah. I get very depressed. Right. Before it happens. Okay. Because the closer I get to it, the more I can feel it and it's not happening. I don't know what happens internally, but I get depressed. Okay. So I feel like I've come out of that. Maybe it's like a yin-yang thing. Maybe like to, to let, let all the joy out, you've got to kind of go into the, the darkness. It's like a balancing of the force. I also have to take what there, – there's a risk that I always have to take. Right. And so and ah, so that's the thing, isn't it? It's the risk. It is the risk. It's the risk. It's the stepping into the fear. It's like yeah. walking into it and going, this is what I'm going to fucking do. And for me – so when I started out doing comedy, I was a joke writer. Right. And I would just do jokes, and they weren't related to me – you know, they were they were lies, and you know they were just joke jokes to make people laugh. There wasn't like an honesty related to them. Is that why people? Is that why people uh, didn't follow you, Dave? Because you went, "Here are my lies." <laughs> <laughs> you just finished every show by this guy. I hope you enjoy my lies. My introduction and then was you always threw the microphone down. <laughs> My introduction was always, and ladies and gentlemen, we have a special final act for the night. He's not a comedian. He's a liar. Dave Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) It was the way that you would get a big laugh, and then you would just stare at them like, that was a lie. You're laughing at a lie. You're a liar. I have no respect for you as an audience. That's how you think I think about cows? <laughs> really? <laughs> so, I feel like we I used somewhere. to have a bit about how I hated cows. That's okay. a classic example. Right. So, anyway, so I wasn't attached to the material. Uh-huh. And then at some point, I, I realized, and this might not be true for all joke tellers, but for me, I, I was hiding behind the jokes, not letting people see who I really was. Mm. So then I tried to become more behind sp- the jokes. Behind the jokes with Dave Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started telling more story yeah. stuff. And you, so when you saw me the other night and we talked after about my st- what I was doing on stage, it reminded me of something that happened early on when I was a comedian. Right. And I was a, I was a, I had a, I had a fan in a comedy club owner, Cobb's Comedy Club, this guy, Tom Sawyer. And his name was Tom Sawyer? He was Tom Sawyer. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was maybe the angriest person you ever met. Because and of he, that? He probably because his probably, name was Tom Sawyer. Probably. And he wanted to be a stand-up. Right. And it, it failed. And, and then he ended and up And his friend, it. Huckleberry Finn, had a very, very successful career. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer's out the back like, it's like <laughs> Finn's doing N-word jokes. <laughs> He's doing Edward material, and he's a star. The book was called The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Christ. So he uh, and 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 at one point, I I was I asked someone else who was around with him at the time. He right. go, well, how come it didn't work for him? And he goes, one time I was in the club, and he went up on stage, and he got really mad at the audience. And he yelled at someone in the front row to put their hand down on the table flat. And then he slammed a knife in between their fingers without cutting them. And then went back to doing his act. Now, I feel like that's not a good way to treat the audience. (sighs) (laughs) 
I mean, I feel like these days with the internet, he would find a crowd for that. Yes, he would. You he know, would. very much so. Like if he put that on YouTube, yeah, there would be a certain sort of demo. I was like, holy shit, fuck. this guy's a genius. Well, sit down the front though. <laughs> like you got to be in the front row. People fucking cleaning their hands for weeks. He was the terrifying Gallagher. Yeah. So, uh, so that guy was a fan of mine, right. and. I w- he was having me open and he wouldn't move me up to feature. And one night I was on stage and I was doing my set and I look up and there's a sign on the ceiling that says, why are you looking up here, Dave? Right? Right. But I got mad at him. I was like, that's fucking bullshit. That's how I gather my thoughts. And then the other night at the club, you saw me and you were yeah. like, you were looking down or you were looking around, but you weren't engaged. Yeah. So then it all, I was like, holy shit, I'm not present I'm not being present on stage. Like when a bit when a bit works, I'm present. When I'm working it out, I'm not present, and therefore a lot of my bits don't work. I really felt like I mean, watching it, it was like all that, and I said it to you afterwards. All the jokes were there, and all the jokes worked. Right, but it didn't feel like you. They all were like the exact same joke. I yes. don't mean that, but I mean I just the mean. way you presented yes. it. They yes, they were like, "Here's the next joke. Here's the next joke." Yeah. Instead of like, I think that you just got to like, you know. Loosen I mean, whatever it is, you just want to be connecting with the audience about yes. what it is that you're talking right. about. So, like, even if it is fucking, I hate cows. If you do hate cows, right? Like, you can find a way, or you go, here's something weird. We all hate something that's weird. Yes, I fucking hate cows. Yes, and, and you, if you're there with the audience, everyone's like, yeah, well, I yeah, hate, right. you know, yeah, okay, I'm with you. Yeah, I hate yeah. black people. Same thing. Right? <laughs> like, told, this is. This is where you're going, right? I mean, this is a, this a, is, you're, it's a nod to me, right? right. This is a, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so, wait, so okay, why is that? Do you think that's why, why are you not present in your material? Because I think the one thing about like, uh, yeah, comedy, and because when you do a podcast and stuff, you're so present in it. Right. Like, often you're present in the moment of creation. Yeah. Like, you're riffing a bit on a podcast. It's the first time you've said it or known it or you're working your way through it as well. Right. So, you, you are so present. Yes. So why is it then when you're on stage and working shit out that you're not present? Ah, so because I'm so caught up in in the words of the the bit I'm trying to work on yeah. and trying to get from point A to point B, then I'm not present because I'm too in my head. Right. So, and that is because American stand-up is different than Australian stand-up, and we've been talking about this. You know, it's all about the bit, and it's all about coming up with a bit that then you do on TV, and then you it's part of your thing, and then you put it, and then it's an album or whatever, and you're done with it. I've been watching a lot of English comedy and Australian comedy, uh-huh. and it's a different animal, yeah. and it's it's more it breathes more, and it's more natural, and so I open for Patton a couple nights and I was like in the first night I didn't I did it the old way and it that that new chunk didn't work and the second night I went fuck it I'm not going to think about it before I go up and it killed and because I came up with something completely different and by letting it breathe I approached it from a different angle on stage and now it's a thing right and then I realized oh maybe I should take this further and just try to do an hour of the Australian way and do it down there and see what happens. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think it's one of those things where I also think that when you look, you know, you talk about someone like Patton or whatever, he's a guy who has, you know, kind of taken the best of that English style, like yes. long form style, and adapted it to 
like, you know, the American thing. Yes. And that's what I always feel like when I'm over here. But even in Australia, I feel like what I try to do is take, you know, the kind of the stuff I learned from the English tradition of stand-up comedy yeah. and combine it with, like, a jokier style right. of, and I you think know, that's what I would for here. I think that's what I would do. I would try to combine that and... Because and, I'm always going to have... I'm always going to try and have a lot of jokes. You know, Patton could never get on Letterman or Conan. Right. Because he wasn't doing that style that catered to that. Right. So it's an it's an interesting thing. He kind of was always doing that that sort of stand up. Yeah, it's ah, it's very interesting. So you think that therapy will help you get over these blocks in your stand up? Yeah, it's really. Does that mean that you can then claim your therapy against the receipts from the show? Uh, Yeah, I'm wondering. That would be good. (laughs) (laughs) Say some say some funny doc. This is tax deductible. If you give me, I'll give you an hour of my time. Uh-huh. If you give me two minutes of material <laughs> session, this is this shit will pay for itself. I will tour with you. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, it will help me because it's not even about. Uh... I love the idea of a therapy session where both people are taking notes. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I do that. Yeah, that bit's, uh, yeah, no, I should talk about that. This is not therapy, this is a workshop. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of therapists here in L.A. are used to dealing with creative blocks. It's like right. a big, big thing. Oh, yeah, so right. they, you go in there and they go, well, here's, here's what you need to do. And so when you, because I've never been particularly um, fond of the idea of the creative block. Like, like it's, to me, it always feels like, I mean, you know, I think that, I just think you have to do something. Like, you know, some days you'll be funnier than the other and whatever, but you just have to... Like, yeah, doing something has its own forward momentum. However, what I was going to say was, obviously, in some cases, the creative block isn't the creative block. It's a symptom of some other thing that's going on inside. Yeah, yeah, it's a symptom of how I was raised. I was raised by two really critical people, and so they're on my shoulder all the time going, well, that's not good enough. Dave was raised by the two old guys from the Muppet Show. (laughs) Basically. He was adopted, adopted, and they they were critical, or they were out watching a fucking show every night, a show they didn't enjoy. They would come home and they would blame it on little Dave. It wasn't enough that he was already living in a same-sex household, which at the time, I mean, two old older gentlemen. There was a lot of questions. Why did they up. adopt me? Right. They were already like seventy, exactly. and they were puppets. Right. <laughs> well, that's what it, that's what we're going to say about America. Puppets were able to marry well before gay men were, and what does that say, America? What does it say? What does it say? Yeah. Um, so and so that's what you got to break. You got to yeah. break that, right? I have to break that. And I feel like I broke it a bit with this new bit I was doing. Instead of giving up on it like I usually would, I kept at it until I figured out a way. And the way is just to be me and be more natural. And I've, I've already close, I'm already close to that as it is on stage, so it's not a huge change. But it's just about letting the, the restrictions of the jokes and the words I'm going to say go. I, I had to uh, have an assessment of myself recently a bit mm-hmm. like that as well. Because we've spoken a little bit about this, which is that... I just feel like uh, with this latest show, there was like, I mean, it's, it's been the best review show I've ever got. And like, I've yeah. had feedback from people who've seen all the shows and they've enjoyed this one the most. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they might be right, but I just, I felt, maybe I just feel like I'm at the end of those things I've been talking about. Sure. I'm at the end of like, this is, you know, I've talked about my health a bit the last couple of years mm-hmm. because I've had health problems, but, yeah. but you spend a couple of years talking about your health, even though they're different jokes or different stories. You're like, yeah, I don't right. want to talk about my health anymore. Yeah. I want to talk about just something different. And, right. and what I realized was last year in particular, I didn't have a lot of new experiences. 
You know, like, right. how do you talk about something you different? you got to live life. Because what I was doing was, like, doing that thing of going, well, I'm, I wrote on the show for three months the same way as I wrote on the show for three months last year. In yeah. fact, I wrote more on this show than I've ever written on any show. Yeah. But I didn't do as much stuff. Yes. Like, I, I wasn't actually just out doing things and seeing the world and you, like... Which I is what stand-up is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I came back from Alaska with an idea about how my entire next year's yeah, show will it's go. It's amazing. Right? Yeah. And it's like... Like one of those things where I'm like, oh, because I went and fucking did something. Yeah. And I was in a place where I threw myself into, just go. Yeah. They said to me, come to Alaska and tell jokes. And I went, fuck it. I know nothing about these gigs, but this, you know, go and have an adventure. Yeah. And you will learn something. Yeah. And here's what I learned, Dave. <laughs> I learned <laughs> about Fairbanks, Alaska's uh, biggest celebrity. Now, when I oh. say biggest celebrity... Uh, not a uh, when I not a celebrity that was uh, always uh, you know everyone was talking about or there was big posters about around town or they weren't like you know a local celebrity in that sense. Right. They were a local whispered celebrity, where if you talk to someone late at night at a bar, the person would come over and say, "So, have you heard about? Have you heard about Gladys? Right. That's yeah. what it was like. Yeah. But what they would say is, she's got bare testicles. <laughs> Eight pairs. She, she uses them as a relaxing toy. They're above her bed. Like a mobile, but at night when she can't sleep, she just grabs one bull's testicle and then bangs it against the other. It's very soothing. Clackety clack. Doesn't clack, matter. Clack. Doesn't matter that it never gets dark. Doesn't matter at all. Uh, people would say to me this, Dave. They would say, have you heard about the Fairbanks glory hole? Holy shit. No. Glory holy shit. I don't think a glory hole makes as much sense as it does in Fairbanks, Alaska, as anywhere else in the world. Why? What do you mean There's by just that? more gentlemen right. around, and they need release. Right. But they also, yeah, and they all know each other, so I suppose you want anonymity. Right. <laughs> right. Larry, I would like you to blow me. Right. But we are both straight, so I would like... To pretend like you're not blowing me. Right. And is I there, know where there's a bathroom. Is there some way that we can involve carpentry to make this more <laughs> You are a carpenter, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, I uh, specialize in holes. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> this plan is coming together beautifully. Uh, so I'm sure that anyone listening to this podcast understands the concept of what a glory hole is. I would hope so. Uh, but when they when it was first said to me, have you, yeah, have you heard about the Fairbanks glory hole? Mm-hmm. There was a small part of me that was like, well, I'm in Alaska. Maybe glory hole doesn't mean the same thing. It could thing. mean some wonder, wonderment of nature. Right. I've seen the world's biggest mountain. I've seen these amazing yeah. ice lakes. There's the hole that glory comes out of. Right. And it might be, you know, a new series, like from the people who brought your ice road truckers, <laughs> Fairbanks Glory Hole. And it's a whole bunch of guys. I would working, watch that. They're, watch, they're working the local glory hole. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Oh, Christ, I'm on the uh, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. shift. At the glory hall. At, at the old glory oh, hall. God damn it. Old glory. <laughs> yeah, old glory. <laughs> OG. So, um, uh, here is the article about the Fairbanks sure. uh, glory hall sure. that I will run you through. If you live near Fairbanks, Alaska, population about uh, 30... I'm sorry, what, what, what is this in? Uh, oh, this is from a blog. Okay. So, uh, so it's not like the local paper. No. <laughs> no, I should. Page two was special on the glory hole. I will, I, I'll give the blog a plug. Why not? He'll get a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called uh, treasureislandblog.com. Okay. So, if you live near Fairbanks, Alaska, 
population about 33,000, averaging 1.2 people per square mile. See? It's wow. informative. Yeah. Uh, you've probably seen an online glory hole posting from... <clears throat> I'm sorry, I, I actually haven't. <laughs> an online glory hole posting from Fairbanks Glory Hole, brackets, FGH. <laughs> As for the rest of the world, you might want to make vacation plans to visit Alaska. <laughs> oh my god. It's like it's being brought to you by yeah, on behalf not, of the Alaskan I'm tourism. Slightly frightened. Uh, then the next headline is uh, in red and it says, Do you love a good blowjob? I do! <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do! They've got you in with a classic trick of advertising. <laughs> Are you looking for a new refrigerant? Oh my god, I, I am. am. Very much so. Do you like delicious food and cold beer? <laughs> All right, well, read on. Uh, this is a testimonial. Uh, so it's in, you know, it's in... Uh, sure. It's in quotation marks. <laughs> From the minute you lean into the glory hole, you know this is something different, something special. Yeah. Starting from the base of your balls. I'll slowly kiss and lick my way up your shaft. Oh, this is from the guy. This is the glory hole guy. So this is... I'm sorry, it's not a testimonial. It's... A ball, do we know it's a guy? Uh, yeah, there's a picture. <laughs> that I'm protecting you from at the moment. I'm not going to read that because that seemed like it was going to get a bit too... I'm going to read the article first and then maybe we can go back to what sure. he, the ad. Uh, FGH is a native Chicagoan huh. who claims to have been, in quotes, gay from birth, born reaching for the doctor's zipper. <laughs> oh, my God. You were a horrible baby. <laughs> that is a terrible, horrible terrible baby. image. <laughs> Mum's like, would you like to suck on this? He's like, no. no I think I can get my protein elsewhere. <laughs> he said that, not us. So, uh, he bought his first male hustler at age 27. Who did? Oh, 27? Yeah. Well, then he, he wasn't born gay very well. No. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, if you're born gay, you, right. start out, you, you start out with men early. He was a little gaby, but no, age 27. Sharpened his oral skills. At Kansas rest stops in the 1970s. Sure, I mean I think we all did in the right. 70s. Out of town gigs. Yeah, you got to play the circuit first. <laughs> you know, got to start on off Broadway. You hey. can't go straight to the big city. <clears throat> Listen, I want you to know that uh, I'm just sharpening my skills here. Just so this isn't going to be like if you met me in like 20 years in Alaska, this would be a different experience. But right, right now, I'm just getting a, I'm getting the skills down. It's like the prison scene in Batman Begins, and essentially there's a guy, instead of them having a fight, <laughs> there's a guy he's sucking, he's, you know, Bruce Wayne sucking the guy's dick, <laughs> and he goes, I love you, and he goes, you don't love me. This is practice. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's like Batman, like everything is. It's exactly like Batman. Everything's better with Batman. Uh, and polished his skills in Denver bookstores in the 1980s. Well, I mean, look. Right. Denver bookstores yeah. were... That was the same for a while, right? It was a unique experience right. in, in, the, in the... Was it 90s or 80s? Uh, 80s. So in the, in the 70s, 70s, he was in the Kansas rest stops, and then he was polishing his skills in... Uh, and not just his skills, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, gotcha. In uh, Denver bookstores in the 1980s. Oh, yeah, because he used to go in and be like... Right. <clears throat> I'm going to read The Great Gatsby with my pants down back here. And then you just see what was going to happen. I mean, these days it's much harder to do with a Kindle. <laughs> uh, so he moved to Alaska in the 90s and arrived 
hungry for cock. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, it's a long flight. I mean, it's a and long flight. they don't feed you on the plane? You get off the plane, right. you're like, oh my God, where's the cock? Right. You know, most people, when they do, when they do fly over Canada, yeah. become gay. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just a thing. Plus, they were all out of cock jerky on the plane. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, that was one of the great things about flying to Alaska, that I could buy jerky on, on the, the plane. plane. Of course you could. Like, as a guy who doesn't eat meat, when there's nothing vegetarian on their little in-flight menu, but she goes, well, we've got jerky. I'm like, you've got jerky. That's actually dried meat. Right. There was nothing vegetarian on the plane? No. They did have a vegetarian option. They were just out of it by the time they got to my seat. Um, all right. So he arrived uh, in Alaska hungry for cock. Yep, yep, yep. Um, In fact, he quickly developed an addiction for straight, working-class slash soldier dick. I've never seen that episode of Intervention. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, he has a... Look, we got it. We're we're here because we love you. Yeah. And we want to talk to you about your addiction to straight soldier dick. Could you please stop blowing the colonel? Take that or out of your at mouth least look at me while you're doing right. it. Uh, so, yeah, he likes your working class soldier dick, which is a good time. To- that's a great place for it. Because there's I- the thing I didn't really realize about um, Alaska, but of course it makes complete sense because it's next to Russia, is yeah. that it's there's military everywhere. Yeah. Big military bases. You're very aware of the military because there's people in uniform, you know, yeah. around the stores and around the streets and stuff. And yeah. a lot of soldiers came to the gigs and stuff. Interesting. So, um, uh, this guy, the uh, Fairbanks Glory Hole guy, sure. FGH, loves a bit of soldier dick. So oh, okay. he's come yeah. to the right place. Right. right. The kind of men who are so appreciative, they literally shake from the pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes working class guys, soldier dicks, and people with Parkinson's. <laughs> I got to say, though, and, and I've had Parkinson's for 20 years. It's so hard to get your dick in the hole. Right. <laughs> Uh, our hero was in hog heaven until the local bookstore closed a few years ago. Oh, fuck. See, this is the thing that people this know. Is, this people is out the there Kindle. with their fucking iPad minis and their yeah. Kindles. Do you feel good about what you've right. done? There's so much less dick sucking going on right. because of you. Exactly. Uh, so, what would he do? What, what should he do? Well, it's Give just up, like me with stand-up. You start over again. You just start over again. You try a new way to do it. He, he came up with his version of the podcast. <laughs> In 2011, FGH was struck with the idea of building a glory hole in his modern, uh, in his modest converted garage slash artist studio. Wait, this is in his house? Yeah. He's built his own glory hole sure. in his garage. Oh, God, I hope... Much like Marin does his podcast out of his garage, <laughs> this guy... Same like, thing. Same thing. Same thing. You're doing what you love. Right. You're putting yourself out there. At home. Is there a... I, tell me so he's gone down to Ikea for the... Bell, you, a bell you ring when you come in. Well, I can actually show you. I'm going to show you a picture of the glory hole because okay. there's, a, there's okay. a picture of it sure. and yep. how it's set up. You can describe it for people. Oh, that's it there. Um, that's a guy sucking another guy's cock. Yeah, that's an ad. That's not. <laughs> that's the glory hole. Yeah. So there. So it's 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 like a oh, there's a sink to wash up. It's yeah. in a bathroom. Right, and he's obviously on the other side of that wall there. So you go into his house. Yeah, into the bathroom. Into the, the bathroom. Yep. And this and is in the garage set up. Yep. And he's got screens, so what are you looking at on this screen? Oh, my. Like, he's a good provider. God. He hasn't just, like... It's like the NASA glory hole. Right. Set up in his garage. <laughs> <laughs> 
In 2011, FGH was stuck with the idea of building a glory hole in his uh, studio. Since the elements can be harsh in Alaska... Sure. He decided to build a glory hole cabinet instead of just putting a glory hole panel in his front door. <laughs> I mean... Let's, but let's face it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna put yourself out there and take a risk, a front door glory hole is the way to go. Oh my God, because that is amazing. Can't you just blow someone through the mail slot? Is he gonna a front hole glory hole? Hey, Larry, what are you doing over there at that house? Uh, uh, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Postman's only coming once a day, but I'm coming twice. If you know what I'm saying. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. So I, um, by the way, every, as I'm reading through this, just so people at home get the, because it's obviously on a blog that, you know, uh, talks about, like, you know, gay sex and yeah, places yeah. like that. So yeah. every pop-up ad on the side is an education. <laughs> like, every ad I'm looking at is like, oh, my God, you, you, you can even pierce yourself there? Why would that be pleasurable? Jesus. So, uh <laughs> What I love is he's gone to Ikea and he's just gone. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna build this. I'm gonna build a glory hole in my own house. Yeah, gonna put it at home. He doesn't leave. No, we should say it looks. It looks like it looks like you would be walking up to a bathroom sink, but there's no sink there. It's just a counter, and then there's four screens on top. Yeah, and then beneath that, where your face is, you can like you can watch the pornography on the four screens, and he's got four screens. He's got four screens because you don't know. Right, you might want to switch to that or that. It's essentially like being sucked off by Batman. (laughs) It's like being in the Batcave, and Batman's built this little box, and it's it's not a hole. No. It is a long, slender cutout. It's, it looks like it's like a foot. Right. Yeah, I reckon that's long, about right. A foot yeah. deep. So it goes up and down. Yeah. It's about a foot deep and just a little bit wide. Yeah. Oh, no, it's like, it's, uh, I would say it's like, uh, you know, from your, it's like seven inches or eight inches wide. Because if you think about a glory hole. Right. There's going to be tall guys and short guys, right. and so you don't want you know a guy you don't want a step stool or whatever. You want to be able to enjoy it on your feet. All right. So He's you, taking this into account. Yeah. 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 And I wonder if he did that by trial and error, or if he <laughs> if he came up with it right away. A lot of glory hole designs. I mean, it seems like he has he has. Uh, had his way around the glory hole circuit for right. a long time. Well, he's probably just picked up, you know, if you do it enough over the years, it'd be like someone who's played all the comedy rooms and then they finally get their own comedy room. They know what they want. Yes. Like, what are the things that I wanted? Did I want a low ceiling? Where do yeah. I want the bar? Yeah. Where do I want the lights to go from? What's the stage going to look like? Yeah. You know, that's... He knows. He knows that. All of it. He did his research. Yeah. In bookstores. Yeah. And in With truck stops. Straight military guys. He did a lot of research, yeah. right? Yep. You can't fault this guy. He's you a go-getter. You don't suck 300 Colonel Cocks and not come away with some ideas. Ideas. I mean, that's maybe that's his thinking time. Yeah. Maybe that's what he needs to be doing to think of these. It's like his creative time. It's like meditation for him, you know? Um, so, uh, so that, this is what he's done. He's, he's done the cabinet. He's uh, assembled some scrap lumber. Oh, uh-huh. Leftover paint. There you go. Okay. I mean, it's, it's all recycled yeah, as well. he's not fucking up the environment. I the, love the idea that in the garage there's some earlier discarded models. Like oh, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. Get yeah, yeah that one didn't really work. But the carbon, we're saying the carbon footprint on the glory hole is small. It is absolutely small. Although uh, many of the other footprints would be sticky and <laughs> I'd avoid those footprints. Uh, so he's made, found some scrap lumber, uh, leftover paint, surplus computers. 
Oh. So that even the computer screen surplus computers yeah. and created history. Hello. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, since he erected the cabinet in 2011, oh, FGH God. has had a steady stream of mostly straight cum-laden testicles <laughs> beating a path to his door. I want numbers. Yeah. Well, okay. I think we're about to get to that. <laughs> he welcomes three or four guys, most of them surprisingly hot and good-looking. Well, I mean, it's a glory hole. Like, I mean... That surely yeah. doesn't matter. It's like the voice, the glory hole, isn't it? Yeah, like, it really is. You're meant to appreciate them without knowing <laughs> yeah, what they yes. look like. Yeah. Uh, he welcomes three or four guys, mostly of them hot, each week, and has slowed his advertising because he can't keep up with the demand. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, now we get to numbers. He's easily sucked more than... Oh, boy. Here we go. Drum roll. Oh, no. Hang on. I thought that was going to be the amount of penises. But he's, they've, they've measured it in inches. <laughs> that's oh my, not, that's cheating. That's not the way to... No. That no. That's Wait, man, I, would, I don't think there's a woman out there that if you asked her about... How many about inches sucking, sucked? Yeah, what do you, how is that You work? don't answer in inches. How many inches have you sucked over the years? Well, anyway, it says here he's easily sucked more than uh, 2,700 inches. So, I don't so, know what that is. So, the, if the average penis is, what, five or six? Well... Interesting. Here's some more information that oh, might help Oh, here we us. go. Okay. To slow down the crowds, FGH... Crowds? Has, yeah, the crowds. Okay. <laughs> to slow down the crowds. He's got the opposite problem to you, Dave. <laughs> He's too successful. <laughs> like... Yes. He, surprisingly, yes. in his line of work, he doesn't have a shh, don't tell anybody about this. No, policy. he doesn't at all. <laughs> he says, and he's a hit. Right, he's a hit. <laughs> I mean, underground hit, but he's a hit. Uh, this is his new policy. Uh, he's adopted a well-hung-only policy, opting only for cocks of at least seven inches or, on rare occasions, shorter length but thicker girth. <laughs> okay, now that's fucking bullshit. Like that's now, now that's unfair. That's being discriminatory because so some guy has a small penis, so he can't get his dick sucked. Right. That's not. That's not right. Well, he's got a door policy now. Well, it's like going on the rides at Disneyland. Now it's like an exclusive club, right? And that's that's against the whole spirit of glory holes, isn't it? Like, isn't a glory hole like a free anybody can come right. up here and get their shit sucked? You can't start putting rules on that. I don't know. I'm just, I thought you think it's against the spirit of the glory uh, hole. Very much so. Right. Yeah. Oh, so he's taken something that's very traditional. Yeah. And, you know, in making it something new, what? he's lost. Are you saying that he's done the equivalent of uh, of Michael Bay making the Ninja Turtles from space and yeah, not actual I th- mutants? I think very much. That's what he's done. I think very much. Oh, the, <laughs> the Fairbanks Glory Hole fa- fans will be devastated. There'll be blogs. He's also been corrupted by his own success. Right. Well, that's okay, though. Like, I mean, you can't... It's like being a successful stand-up, Dave. If you, like, if, you know, if things go well for you and you become a big star, everyone's going to want you and you're not going to be able to perform to everybody all the time. You're going to have to start going... Yeah, but I'm, but I'm not... The, the I'm, not ex- gigs. I'm not excluding... I'm not saying, okay, so now I am more popular. Right. Uh, so nobody under six feet. Because short people freak me out when I'm trying to do comedy. Right. I'm not doing that. Well, Tom Cruise is, though. Like, so... <laughs> If if he if he if he was asking for money, 
that would be different, but he's not. No, no, but you be dis- you'll discriminate based on money eventually. Yeah, what I you'll will. do is you'll put the price up or you'll do a gig that's worth more than another gig or whatever because mm-hmm. if you only have a certain amount of time to do your job, you eventually will prioritise based on probably a mix of things sure. that are fun to do, but like sure. you're going to go, well, I'm going to do the bigger things. But I don't think I'm Well, this gonna, is what he's like. I he's like, think- well, I'm going to suck four cocks this week. They might as well be the, be the fucking best cocks. But what if you go in there and say you've got a five-incher, but right. you think it's thick enough. Right. And you put it through, yeah. and then he's like, yeah, no. I, uh, that's too, the, it's not, there's not enough girth. Right. I and then you that, zip it up and you walk out. I feel shank, like it's more like. the other guy sitting in, on the bench in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> They've all taken a number. It's like a deli system. <laughs> and one of them just puts his hand out for a high five. It's like it's it's essentially like auditioning in LA. Everyone's there. They've all put their name down on the list. And if your dick's not big enough, then you're not going to get the job. It. Um. I. I think that he just has a policy now. He's just, he's sucked a lot of dicks in his life. He's sucked yeah. the ones. You know. He's, I'm sure he sucked big dicks, little dicks. All kinds of dicks, right? I think these days it's about you know what is what was it in in you know maths where you would take the you know it's about the it's, it's not about like length it's length you know about circumference and radius yeah I'm like yeah. it's whatever so if you're like thick and you know but not as long then like maybe a can like a tuna can maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like like a tuna can. <laughs> With like a little pull top lid. I hope you like this. They call me the tuna can. Uh, it is the cock that John West rejects that makes me the best. Now here's the thing about Alaska. So there's uh-huh. not a lot of women in Alaska. There's not there's ten to one or something. Ten to one. Yeah. So I bet there's a lot. I mean, it, and so at some point it be, that becomes prisonish. Right. Oh no no no. Well, there's guys who don't see women for. Uh, Months. Yeah, months. Months. That's what I was told. And about. then I assume when they see one, they just come wherever they are. Oh. <laughs> you just hear that all over the streets of Alaska. Everyone's like, there is a lot of bears here. <laughs> it's not bears. It's, it's just bears. guys who have been down a mine. <laughs> Orgasming because they've just seen a woman. <laughs> I would imagine the fleshlight is extraordinarily popular in Alaska. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Like, I, I guess, I mean... Is that what men... I guess they masturbate in Well, those you would be places, masturbating right? a lot if you were out in the woods, wouldn't you? I don't know. I think I would be masturbating a lot. I mean, what else is there to do? But how do you do it when you're out in the woods? If you're, like, working, like, in a... I don't, I don't even know what goes on in the well, woods. I have, I have hands, number one. It's right. not like I'm an armless but guy don't you out in the woods. To... <laughs> that's, that's, that's my movie. It was an armless guy who wanted to live in the wilderness. <laughs> I, um, no, I... Uh, what about... Aren't you living with the other guys though? Like, oh, do you have your own house here? Oh, you I have think your own uh, most of these guys have their own place. Yeah, okay. It's well, that's not like fine. they're shacking yeah. out. All right. Well, that's except fine. for the guys that work in like the oil rigs yeah. or the oil, then they have like a housing situation. But I think for the most part, these are solo guys out there. Okay. With just you know their cocks and a flashlight. Right. <laughs> that's all that's in the apartment. Right. I imagine if you're alone in the middle of the wilderness for six months at a time. Yeah. Everything in your house is eventually a flashlight. <laughs> Well, hello, couch. How are you today? Right. <laughs> you uh, you want to go out tonight? Right. <laughs> Just stay in. <laughs> yeah. They probably they probably do fl- fleshlight drops. 
where a plane just flies over and they drop them out. It's how they keep uh, I, people I, from killing each other. Attached to little parachutes. <laughs> <laughs> the new model's coming in. <laughs> I just imagine that, like, you know, you could hollow out a salmon. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think you need to hollow it out. I mean, doesn't it have an asshole that you could break through? Right, but wouldn't it be tiny, the salmon asshole? I imagine it would, but also wouldn't a salmon mouth work? Right. I don't know. Do they have teeth? Do salmon have teeth? They've always struck me as having tiny teeth. <laughs> am, yeah. I thinking, am I thinking of sharks? No, they probably do have tiny teeth, but I'm not sure they do. I bet there's a toothless salmon <laughs> that's really great in bed. <laughs> Or at least has its own glory hole. We have turned, we have turned Alaska into the worst prison on earth. <laughs> right? It would be weird if it turned out that the guy wasn't sucking their dick. He was just Take fucking it with us. <laughs> and everyone's like, "It's a great blowjob," oh. but your penis will smell slightly it's of salmon. Slightly, he's got a fishy mouth. Yeah. All right, here we go. Do salmon have teeth? I mean. <laughs> A question that would have never been answered pre-internet. Right. We would just be staring at each other saying, I don't know. I don't know if a salmon has teeth. I mean, I would, I would, I, my guess is no. Right. And if they are, they're so small, they're negligible. Okay. Well, um, I will be able to tell you what the truth is in a minute. Uh, but at least there was a question that had been asked often enough on the internet that... That you, that it, yeah, I mean, because people think about this. First of all, people traveling up to Alaska are going to be like, I'm going to be living up there for nine months. Inevitably, that thought leads to, to salmon have teeth. Right. Salmon have teeth. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> also, if you are going to face fuck a salmon, uh, you should uh, know that the teeth are sharp and needle-like. Oh, Jesus, the worst on your dick. Which they use to grab their prey. Which, in, right. this, in this instance, is a cock. Right. Which is why that expression, once you've had salmon, you can never come back. Literally never come back. Because you're shredded. Because you're shredded. You're Beyond you're shredded. Words. It's not as catchy as the other expression, <laughs> but it is much more accurate. What about the salmon anus? Because now that's what I'm interested in. All right. That's where uh, my focus has shifted. You know what the thing is? All I'm going to Google is salmon anus and see what comes up. I mean, that's a little bit terrifying because... A not a, not after stuff. the last website I was on. <laughs> My brain will be refreshed by looking at some fucking salmoninus. Which is technically called a sanus. Oh my god. I don't think this is about a salmon's anus, but it was the first thing that came up sure when, the, when I typed in salmoninus. Yeah, it's so, going to be someone putting salmon around their anus, isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. It's a, it's a team. Sure it is. In a, <laughs> some sort of local competition, and their name is salmoninus. <laughs> Oh, you know they're from Alaska. Oh I mean, they've got to be. Um, all right. How to gut a salmon. That's pretty good. Take out the anus. Yeah. So Hang it on the wall. Place the sharp point of the knife on the anus. Yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> and this is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is also how to get a salmon to confess that it's been stealing your smokes. <laughs> so. Where were you last night? Yeah. All right. Um, uh yeah, so if you're gutting a salmon, place the sharp point of your knife on the anus of the salmon and make a shallow cut from the anus up through the abdomen. Between the two pelvic fins, continuing to the V point the V point just under the jaw. So that sounds like you could Fuck it. Fuck them right up to the jaw. <laughs> I feel like the V point that you just have to find a decent sized salmon. 
What if what if you get a salmon and then you have his teeth removed? Right. <laughs> you said right like that was a thing that could, that would happen. Well, like I you mean, would take it into a dentist a or a vet and a go, vet. hey. Could you take the, for no particular could you reason? Take the teeth out of this one. Yeah. Don't ask me Don't why. Don't ask me why. Just trust me. No on reason. <laughs> trust me on this. We've been seeing each other for right. a couple of weeks. Sally, you good? Her name's Sally. <laughs> Short for salmon. It's my nickname. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they do have an anus. There you go. This well, I name. would hope they have an anus, or else they'd just explode. Like, doesn't everything have an anus? I mean, every everything takes a dump. Everything poops. Right. That's that's how I'm going to finish. Are you now podcast. typing? Does everything have an anus? Yes. I <laughs> hope <laughs> I am. You can discover the no ass fish. Um. All right. No. Okay. Look. Uh, guess what? Surprise! Surprise! Internet. Even if you type in, does everything have an anus? Every article is about anal sex. So- <laughs> We've skipped over doesn't have an anus and gone straight to can I fuck it in the anus? How, how do I let it fuck me in the anus? Which of us can we fuck? There's an anus involved. Let's get an anus in there. All right. Uh, David? Yeah. Uh, I feel like we, we've, we've talked all we need to do about that. What's been going on in your life apart from therapy? What's, what do you got planned? What's coming up? <clears throat> do you have like... Uh, Walk in the room shows, or do you have? Is there anything that you can? Plug we have a walk in the room about? show on Tuesday, but that will be long after this, right? But June twenty seventh, we have one in New York City. Okay, June twenty seventh in New York City, doing a live podcast, mm-hmm. right? First time you've done a live podcast. In yeah, New we York? have. We haven't done one in New York. We've done one in Seattle. That might have been the only time we traveled to do it. Oh, in Portland. So we haven't really gone out and traveled and done them. Australia. You did one in Australia. In Australia, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, Union, Union Hall. Who knows? We, we hope people will show up. Right. Well, you know? if you know, if anyone's listening uh, in New York, in fact, we do have New York listeners, so you should go and see that. What date is it again? Uh, it is June 27th at Union Hall. All right, cool. And you can find all the details probably if you follow Dave Anthony on Twitter or you if probably you look can, up yeah. Walking the Room or, yes. you know. All of those things. Any of those things. Yep. You know what? Like, I know this is such <laughs> a minor thing to be pissed off about, but whenever anyone fucking asks me for information about shit that I'm doing, like... Like, last night, I was doing a gig, and I plugged the link to the gig. Yeah. Like, I was like, so I said, hey, I'm doing this show, and here's the link, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And someone hit me up and went, what time does it start? Fucking click on the link. (laughs) Just click on the link. It doesn't make any sense. It's not a mystery. I don't... I have to Google it now. We can Google anything. Right. Like, the thought of when is that should never be happening. You're on it the internet. It should not be coming out of your mouth ever, unless you're talking about the glory hole. Right. And it's a different thing. And I found that on the internet. So okay, you so get we, to. And there's a schedule, I hope. Right. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, yes, anyway, so people can find out all those details. Yeah. Um, if you enjoy this show, we always encourage you, if you listen to it on iTunes, to rate it on iTunes, um, which keeps it up the top uh, there. And if you want to, like, uh, give us any feedback, the, the website's running, but, like, Charlie updates that, so he just does it when he has some time in between. It's so funny that Charlie is still working away. He's, now he's like, Oz. Right. Well, so, you know... Not it's the still, country, the actual... He's, uh... I mean, you know, I consider this to be Charlie and my podcast yeah. still. It's just that, like, he's on a... Yeah, but he's, like, doing a high flute in television thing. Right. It's funny that he's still, So he occasionally like, he comes back in and updates the website for me. 
Do you think uh-huh. you could ever do a podcast with Charlie and just never say it's Charlie? Right. I did think I have thought about that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we thought about doing, which I probably can give away now, because just because I'm away so much, it doesn't look like we're going to get the opportunity to do. But we did at the time consider maybe just keep doing the podcast, maybe like just once a month or once every mm-hmm. blah blah blah, but just not put them up. Like keep ah, them up our sleeve, oh, and interesting. however long he came back, we could release them all because yeah. they'd be kind of a document of yeah. where we were there and yeah. what we were talking about, and whatever. But we haven't been in the same place, so um, we couldn't have done that anyway. Though. But if we have are in the same place, maybe we'll do that. And yeah. then, so um, is he in Sydney now? <clears throat> yeah, he's in Sydney. Okay. And I, I mean, I'm back there later on this year because I've got to go back and do my television show. So. Um, sort of September, October, November. So yeah. I'll be back in town. So maybe I'll get to do something. Maybe by then they'll let him do an episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Just one. He doesn't have to be the best counselor in the world. Right. right? Also, it can be a clean episode. You know. Uh... <laughs> if we record for long enough, and I cut enough shit out, how would Summer Bay feel about having a glory hole? You're down at the surf club. Al Stewart's there. He's like, oh, I stuck, I stuck me flaming mongrel through the wall. <laughs> that's, that's how he talks. What? Uh, <laughs> sure he does. There's a guy on Home and Away, which is the show that Charlie does, mm-hmm. called um, Alf Stewart. His name's Ray Ma, the actor, but he's been on Home and Away for like 25 years or yeah. something like that. And he's the Aussiest Aussie bloke of all time. And his name's Alf Stewart. Mm-hmm. And everything's like... Ah, oh, you flaming galah, or flipping this, or stone yeah. the bloody crows, mate. Yeah. yeah. And he's like the down to earth Aussie elf, elf yeah. Stewart. You flaming mongrel. That's what everyone. That was his big catchphrase. <laughs> you flaming mongrel. That's what um, we think of all Australians. Right, but that's what he was like. Yeah. And 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 that's been his thing. But my favourite ever line in uh, in Home and Away was he's had a wife for years called Elsa. It was Alf and Elsa. That's not good. Right. And uh, Elsa, uh, their house caught on fire. Sure. And Elsa was trapped in the house. Oh, no. And in one of the great, like, hilarious, and I got to assume intentionally hilarious lines that ever happened on Home and Away. Elf, like, rushed out and said, We've got to get Elsa out of the house. That's me flaming wife in there. (laughs) Had you been attentional? <laughs> Got to. It had to. Surely. Been. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, much appreciated. Um, I uh, may. I think I've probably been in London by the time uh, this goes up. Uh, if not, I'm at the Soho Theatre, so please come and uh, see my show. That would be really cool. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to Washington DC at some stage. I will also be at the at the Montreal Just for Last Festival if you're in Canada. So I'll, I'll give people other dates on some things that I'm doing. Thank you very much, Dave Anthony. Yes. Flip flap. Flip it up. <laughs>